The Damaged Goods Podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, clearing the old throat there. Sorry. I'm froggy, dude. I'm, I, I'm you know, you know, I'm a, a consumer of, of cannabis. So yeah. it leaves like a little froggy in the throat. And uh, it's probably like one of the worst times to have like a, a chronic, chronic cough. Yeah. You, you cough and they automatically think, oh, man, you know. And I'm like, no, dude, I just smoke a ton of cannabis. Um, it's always been like that, though. You you got the cigar coughs probably huh no here and there I don't you know dude I've I vape my weed I don't smoke as much as you um so like it, it doesn't really doesn't get all up in there yeah it, you know what dude like I for a while I smoked like ten years ago smoked cigarettes for a little bit you did and then, in, then I was smoking cigars in your twenties you got into it Lately. a little bit That's for like bad. a couple of years and then I quit. And I just, I don't really like to smoke anything anymore. Like when I was out in Cali, I was smoking, I was smoking big weed out there. I thought you were but, into the cigars though. Nah. I like cigars. Yeah. I mean, but I haven't smoked a cigar in like, I probably haven't smoked a cigar in five, six years. I, oh, I don't wow. smoke shit. I'll smoke long time. Nothing, dude. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a yeah. long, that's a long time. Uh, cigars, are, cigars are dope, but like, I just started feeling like I'm not setting a good example for my kid. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you I feel like I feel like weed is smoking cigars in the crib. Yeah, it's not. It's just I don't know, man. It just it makes you cigars make you feel like shit the next day. I I mean, you try to like smoke them like outside or you know places where yeah. it doesn't get all up in you. And I only smoke a cigar maybe twice a year, like a wedding or a mm-hmm. celebratory thing. I I like them. I never smoked cigarettes, but I like cigar with like you know some cognac or wine once in a Hell while. Yeah. Uh, in Mexico, like you can get Cubans uh, for pennies. Yep. So when I'm down there, I tend to smoke them more, just cause they're like cheap and right there and shit. And a lot yeah. of shit is like open air. You know, you could still smoke it like a, a some restaurants and, and bars and shit. Yeah. Imagine if you could smoke when you were cutting hair, dude, in the shop. I could picture barbers like. Oh, back back in the day, they did. They did hard. They brutal. Oh, it's awful. That's well. I think that's why part of the reason why barbering was kind of dead for a while was because a lot of people were just not into it was book. like you know i can't bring my kids in there they're like taking bets and they're smoking cigarettes <laughs> and they'll ash right in the kid's hair yeah. and smoking a cigarette and the ash just fall off on your kid it's just i feel like that i feel like that is just over with you know like yeah yeah i would never smoke time. in the shop i can't imagine it the uh that non-smoking in the shop voice is my guest on damaged goods this week he's an old friend of mine <laughs> Um, and it's a pleasure to have him. He's not only a barber of, of fine talents, he's also the host of his own podcast, Shop Talk, which you can find on what I'm sure all the major streaming platforms that you might enjoy podcasts. My man, Steve Ferreira. Uh, am I saying it right, the Portuguese? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got it. Because if it's bro. Italian, it's Ferrara, but they don't yeah. have the I in there, you know? There's, there's, um, it's funny, man, because there's like Mexicans and Dominicans with my last name. Oh uh, yeah, and they probably just have the eyes either before the e or or switched I've, up. I've or seen Mexican spelling. dudes with my exact last name. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe your family was from Portugal and then they moved to Mexico and they lived there for a hundred years and then you just kind of get absorbed into being more Mexican. We but a lot learn. of a lot of like uh, Latin names and and Portuguese names have very similar like spellings yeah. and and things like yeah. that. You know, like uh, in Boston or Massachusetts in general, you know, with the big Cape Verdean population. There's there's Mendes, right? Right. And there's the Latino Mendez, which often has got a Z in it, but it's, it's it looks the same, or sometimes it does have the S. 
and it's hard if you're just reading the names to denote what's the ethnicity of the person because of that. Yeah. And most people don't know about Cape Verdeans and other parts of the, the country. It, so they look at it, they think it's just like a Spanish or uh, Latino last name. It was funny because I was actually thinking about that <clears throat> this week about how there's really not a lot of Cape Verdean people outside of Massachusetts. And yeah, like Florida, Florida, there's a big, and Rhode Island. Well, that's it. Yeah. I had no idea they were in Florida. Yeah, and Miami. Then, but... Like Lopes and Lopez is the other one. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because if you're from Massachusetts, you can probably look at somebody's name and guess, oh, that person's Portuguese. He's not Hispanic. Like, he's yeah, not yeah. Puerto Rican. Oh, but if you were not from the area, you would you just, just you would assume. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's true. What do you do? Half, half Irish, half Polish. My, my okay. mom is Irish and my dad's parents are uh, Polish from Poland. Do they have Portuguese people in Western Mass? Uh, not really. No. Not like, uh, you know, mostly like where like your neck of the woods, like Taunton, New Bedford, Fall River. Yeah. And then like Everett, Revere, they have it. But Western Mass, it's, you know, more Polish and uh, Italian. And there's some yeah. obviously Irish too. If you're in Massachusetts, it's going to be Irish people. Yeah. You, uh, you, if you're from Massachusetts, you're probably mixed with Irish and something. Yeah. 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 Even you know if what you're I mean? black like if or you're, Latino, it's true. If, yeah. Like if you're, if you live south of Boston, you're probably Portuguese and Irish. And if you're on the North Shore, you're probably Irish and Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or some yeah. combination. Cause I'm Portuguese and Irish and English on my mom's side. Oh, oh okay. Shit. Yeah, so I'm not 100%. My mom's last name is Connors. Oh, okay. very Irish. Yeah. yeah. Ah, I should yeah, just yeah. give everybody my social security number now, too. <laughs> while I'm at. I always give people the address when I podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Washington Boulevard. No. Um, I always appreciate that. Have you ever heard like radio shows or some shit where like dudes are arguing and someone's like, it's my fucking number. You call this number right now. Come down here and they give the address. I love those badass dudes. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I would never, well, you know, at this point though, I would I would give out the idea give out the station ID because I'd bounce out of there before the person got there. Oh yeah, and they got like security and things like actually. So for you guys listening, uh, Steve, I might refer to him as Este on here. That's an old yeah. uh, moniker of his. But Steve, um, before he started his podcast, which is very dope, I'm, I'm psyched that you did that. Este's got background in radio and shit in college yep. radio, and actually had like a little background in college radio in high school i did radio shit too which it's funny how that comes to serve us years later doing podcasting and i have like a radio show on dash and i didn't when i was doing it back then i didn't think about it like that i would be using it now it was more just to yeah. play music or fucking kick rhymes and shit but yeah hell yeah that it's funny because i had that's kind of what i had when i first got to college radio that's kind of what i was like oh this is what i would like to do for the rest of my life yeah you know what i'm saying but then you get a little and you're like, shit, I got to make some money. And yeah. it just, you know, things don't really work out the way that you think they're going to work out when, they, when you're like a kid. And then a few years later, you get into it and you're looking at it and people are, people probably told you like, yo, why don't you have a podcast? Yeah. You're a guy who should have a podcast. hundred percent. Well, thank you. That's very, uh, I like, that's very kind words. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually agree with you and not to sound like that, but I, I agree with you. That sounds, it sounds real pretentious to say that I agree with you, but I do. And there's a lot of people who probably shouldn't have podcasts. <laughs> Uh, they, yeah, there's a lot. I, I could I could go on for days. Um, I just don't really listen to them. You're you're well. You're good for it because um, well, you already had like the radio background. And you're a good conversationalist. But I, I always feel like barbers, and I've had barbers on before you on this thing. Yeah, are great conversationalists, and even more so, they have a skill that's akin to a, a psychoanalyst or a therapist. Is they're great listeners. Yeah, like, listening people don't really know is more of a skill. So you're in the barber's chair 
and you know he 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 or she is going to cut and talk with you but they're going to hear you venting especially like a barbershop for men it's 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 a very therapeutic place a lot of venting trash talk shit talking funny things yep. talking about your problems and you guys got to listen to it all but you know you you still working you're fucking cutting hair at the same time so oh, you're yeah. asking and you want to keep this rapport strong. You got this client, you know, you want to keep them coming back and shit. So you guys develop like a tight bond, dude. Yeah. It's, I'll tell you, I, I love it. I love it for all those reasons, but also for those reasons, it's a demanding ass job. Yeah. It's, it's emotionally draining, right? It's, it's uh, yeah. Emotionally, mentally, you know, not every day is an emotionally draining day. Most days uh, are more, bless you, are more like more fun. Yeah. But I'll tell I had, I had one day where literally I had like, I was just, I can tell you, I had like two guys telling me that they were getting divorced and another oh. guy had cancer. Oh, Same Jesus. Thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. Yeah, everyone's unloading on you. You have those days where you'll be cutting somebody. You're like, yo, Jake, what's going on with you, man? And like, oh, my like wife's leaving. And, and they, they know, and, and I think it's also cool too, because they might, depending on where you cut hair and what your clientele is, I'm probably separate from the rest of that person's life. So that guy that is in his mid forties, that's like coming to see me and maybe he's going through the divorce. He doesn't have to worry about, he can say whatever to me because it's not, I don't know his wife. I don't know yeah. his brother, I don't know his other friends. So it's totally separate. So they can really unload on you without fear of any sort of like, Oh, he heavy. went and told my wife I said that. Cause it's, I don't even, you know, like yeah. I'm totally out of that realm. It's heavy stuff though. I mean, they put a, people probably put a lot of heavy shit on your, on your, it can be, it, or they, they ask me, they ask me for advice and I'm like, don't fucking ask me for advice. I'm a barber. I failed, I failed at everything. That's why I'm a barber. Like it's the, it's the best job, but like, yo, like my aspirations of being a radio DJ didn't pan out. I had a bunch of office jobs after college. None of that shit panned out. I went into the trades. Like don't ask, don't ask me. I'm a, I'm not the guy to ask, you know? That's, you know what it is though? When people are like in your chair and shit, they see, especially like, I, I think I see barbers, uh, like dudes doing shit they like, that they have like a passion for and interest. Yeah. And they're like super hype. Like all my friends and people that I know personally that are barbers, yourself included, are pretty like passionate about doing it. Not just like, they don't yeah. just go to do it. I have like homegirls and friends who do hair. Like sometimes they don't seem as like, it seems more like a job to them. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they go to the salon or whatever, but like a lot of the barber homies I know, like they're mad passionate. They're, they're very, um, um, I don't know. They work closely with the shop they work with whether it's their own shop or they have like a, some kind of relationship where they're doing promo things and working real hard or selling their own products. Like a few homies I know who are barbers now have like hair creams and shaving shit and different stuff. Yeah. And so I think the people in the chair probably see that like, oh, this dude like must love his shit every day. Like it's dope. He gets to do what he wants every day and he gets to just chill here. So he's not thinking that just he unloaded some heavy shit on you, but the other seven dudes that day probably did plus five, six days a week. Yeah. yeah. 35 loads of serious shit on your fucking, on your mind. And you, when do you get to like unload your shit? You got to sit in your barber's chair. I, that's what I'm doing right now. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I deal with my own shit. Kind of. I don't, I got a couple of good friends that I'll talk to, but, uh, everybody, even therapists have therapists. Most psychoanalysts exactly. have, but you know, the guys at the barbershop are all tight. So, you know, if somebody's having like a personal problem or whatever, we'll talk, you know, like we're boys, we hang outside of the shop. And then, um, you know, I got some good friends, but yeah, I try not to, when I'm at, when I'm at work, I try not to ever bring my day outside and you don't either like if you're on you know if you're on the road and you're having a bad day you can't you got to go do your job 
you know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. People hate it when you bring your uh, outside shit in sometimes because everyone's got their shit outside that they're dealing with, right? Like, yes. so you could be, people's mentality is like, yeah, it sucks, man, but I've got this fucking problem going on too. Like, I, we all got issues, like, don't bring it here. Obviously, sometimes there's like big things that happen, you know, um, like one time I was on tour, fucking sorry to take it down a sad road. We got into Canada to the city Laval in the morning. We crossed the border overnight for the show and we're on two buses and we're getting off and uh, we're going up to the hotel, you know, um, dragging our bags and some of the homies are outside and one of one of the younger dudes is like sitting down and looking like, I mean, dude, like this worst face ever. And some of the homies are around, we're like, what's going on, you know? And he just that morning found out like, his fucking girlfriend died back home in their apartment in like Texas and we're in fucking Canada. And it's a mysterious death. It's like super, like, I mean, dude, the look on his face was the most horrific shit. So when those kind of things happen, like everyone knows it's a real serious thing. And obviously that dude didn't stay on the road. Like he left for that shit. And, and, and everybody was very super understanding, but when it's like smaller hectic shit, like, yeah, you're beefing with your wife back home or, you're fucking something, this and that happening. It's like, we all got our shit, leave it there, or just don't let it bleed into the work. You know? I mean, if, if anything, you got to go to work for eight, you know, eight to 10 hours, that's a great opportunity to take a break from your problems. Yeah, if you got something that'll take your mind off it, like oftentimes that's what people want to do, is do work and shit, suck the yeah. brain out of it. Hell yeah. I mean, you could, you could basically like a faucet. Tap, in, tap into work, cut your 15, 16 clients, and by the time you get out of work, the thing that was pissing you off is it's reduced at that point. And now you can deal with it more logically instead of being emotional about it. Dude, you use 15 or 16 clients on a day? Yeah, I, I, used crazy. To, I used to do like 20, but I've cut that down. Now it's it's in the realm of like 10 to 15 a day. What, Dude, that seems like, a, am I tripping or is that not a lot? You know, for some people, it's a lot. And for some people, it's it's nothing. I know guys that still do like 35, 40 people a day. Are those just like fades and like low Caesars and quick cuts? Quick, yeah, quick, quicker cuts. Quicker cuts. Because like I'm, doing, I'm doing a lot of like longer scissor work. A little, more, little bit more like niche. So I'll book 35 minutes, but I'll book them back to back to back. And are you, that's not doing a beard with it too? <clears throat> if they want a beard, I'll, I'll pop on like an extra like 15, 20 minutes, depending on the size of the beard. So I got, I got a price for a short beard, like, like what I have. And then if you have like the, yeah, yeah. The man beard, we got a different Cat price. Stevens beard, right? The yeah, Cat Stevens beard. Are you doing a lot of the, like the, the part hair cut, like long on top, gelled over shorts. Yeah. Those, the things that yeah, some, some variation of range. that generally with some sort of a fade or I, I, I still do a lot of skin fades, man. I'm, I'm, I'm known for the skin fades. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to, you're not, you can't really call yourself a barber if you're not doing skin fades, you know? Yeah. And then, um, so, so do a lot of skin fades, but I do a lot of longer, like longer length scissor cuts. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? So like I'll wear long hair on men. I can do it on women. Cause I, I taught myself how to do it just cause it's a good thing to know, but it's not, I don't want to really like ever work in a salon. I just like yeah. it from a skill set standpoint. Like I'll cut my wife's hair, but I'm not, um, I have like one or two female clients that I just get along with. They come in, I give them a long haircut, and they're like, "Hey, if you screw it up, that's cool." Yeah, because I know you don't. I know you don't work in a salon. Yeah, I've like, had right. my one of my homies. He's a uh, he was on the podcast, and he's a barber out here. 
for a while he was in a shop out here, like a regular barbershop. And then two days a week, he was at like a higher end salon in Beverly Hills where, mm. you know, doing those same kind of cuts. So it, it's a salon, but it's a salon that dudes go to too, you know? Sure. It wasn't that high end, like men's barbershop one though. It was like salon He probably more like European yeah. tourists and shit, but he's not there no more. And my girl, my girl's like a, a, a hairstylist, beauty, I don't even, sometimes I don't know what the proper nomenclature is. She cuts hair. She works in a salon, you know? I call them hairstylists. Yeah, yeah. Some of them like hair, my wife, my wife cuts. She calls oh, herself she a hairdresser. She's, yeah, she's, hairdresser, that's the other word I was looking for. Hairdresser. But yeah. the, when you get the license, the license calls you a cosmetologist. Yeah, that's what she is. She has the licenses for doing different things for hair, for nails, for all yeah. that. The barber, she got the barber's license too, because you need a different one for what you guys do. Yep, right? yep. He has that. Which is, it's fucking asinine. Because the only difference is, is that we know how to use a straight razor. Like, well, I know we had to learn color. We had to learn nails. We had to learn, good. we had to learn everything that they learn, except that they focus more on the female aspect of it, like when you're actually in school. And for us, we, you know, we're doing barber work, so shaves. The only difference is that with the license, when it really comes down to it, they can't use a straight razor. Yeah. Well, dude, that's like my girl sometimes will cut my hair instead of my barber. She'll do everything. Yeah. I don't let her fucking do my face with a razor. She's too scared to use a straight razor, honestly. Yeah. And I want to. She could learn, though. You know, like it's just the same way, like I could learn how to do a perm. Yeah. She could, you know, you could, it, but you don't do it. It's not even worth it because you how often probably are you going to do it, right? Person that she ever does it on. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't. Not, legally can't do it in her shop so yeah exactly and when i do it i mean yeah I'd, I'd rather have my barber do it i'm very particular about my shit and that's like one thing about like i've always felt very uh loyal to barbers not just because of or i want to be loyal to this dude because he's cutting my hair but we've spent this time developing yes. an understanding of, of 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 what i like and what i need but also what i'm working with right like you learn the shape of the motherfuckers dome their yep. hairline like some dudes might want a Those certain patterns. haircut and the bible you got to keep it real like you know what you can't do this your hairline's this or, or this dude don't push his line back or shave it like for me right when it comes to uh, my facial hair um i could take a straight razor on like the, the cheeks and chin i can't on my neck i get Same. crazy razors so i don't, I I don't do it either I have to use an Andy's, like the lowest thing they use on my neck. Yep. Um, and then if they use the razor up here, and like my barbers know that, so we don't have to go over that, you know, and they'll know if I want to, uh, what, against the grain this, or, you know. Yeah. I, I don't I, even use the foil shaver on my neck anymore. Just remember, you can see I haven't, I haven't touched yeah. it in a couple of weeks. I did the top, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I rarely need... even take a blade down this low. I'll just be like up here, you know. Yeah. I, I haven't you been rocking need... a beard these days. Anyway, I do like permanent five o'clock shadows, my thing these days. That's an LA look. It's, it's, well, it started as a lazy look. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's hot around here too, man. I get my face yeah. gets like itchy when it's uh, hot with a beard. Yo, let me ask you, what, what got you? You've been out in the West for like how many years now? Uh, it'll be five years in the end of July. What was it that made you make the jump from New York? Uh, it was a few things. Well, I moved back from New York to Boston for about a year and a half. Okay. Just, like regrouping, just whatever. Um, before I made the move, I've always wanted to live in California since I was little. I had some family out here. I just always thought it was beautiful. I was going out there as a kid uh, when I was doing music. Okay. I'd go out there and play shows. I always loved it. I actually used to really like San Francisco a lot, but that was a yeah. long time ago. It's a fucking shithole now. I, I can't stand it. Yeah, it's it. gross. But uh, I always liked it. And then... Over the last like 10 years, I had mad friends from Boston move into LA. 
I had some stepsisters living there. I had cousins, aunt. Um, and I was like entertaining it and yeah. also simultaneously hating the fucking winter. Like the seasonal depression would just kick my ass every year and worse and worse, like just gray after gray, like the month of February it was such a uh, challenge. And uh, the year before I moved, it was that year in Boston was like record snowfall for the month of February. Dude, it broke my spirit, just shattered it. And I was like, I'm done. And at the time, like I didn't have like a wife or girlfriend. Um, I didn't have a job or anything that kept me in the area. You know, like nothing tied me down except for family. And also just, I needed to get away. There were certain elements in the, even New York wasn't far enough certain elements in the East coast that weren't healthy for me that I needed to, I just wanted to be away from certain people and certain kind of things that would, you know, not great for me in California. It would be impossible for me to be close yeah. to those, you know? Yeah. So it was like a, it was like a perfect little storm of things. And, uh, I was just like, fuck it, dude. I, you know, I'm out. I'll make it happen. Yeah. That's good. I, I'm like interviewing you on your show. No, no, I do. I love it, dude. Ask me questions. It's fun. So no, my, I mean, my I, allergies I, are whooping my ass dude, lately. They're bad in California right now. Yeah. I, I mean, I was out there free and it's always, it never rains either. So it never washes any of it away. Yeah. That's the thing. It's windy as fuck right now too. So it's just blowing around. I, it's funny, man, because I had a, uh, you know, I, I think you probably know this, but I did a year in Santa Barbara and I mm. would come down to Los Angeles Yeah, Santa Barbara. and, um, and I liked LA, but actually Santa Barbara is a beautiful place. It's just Ooh. culturally, it's, it's not really my vibe. I've a heard little, it's got uh, a little stuffy in some ways. I've heard it's gotten better, but I don't, I don't, I'll believe it when I see it. You know what I'm saying? But LA was dope. Venice, like the whole West yeah, side is really nice. I'm closer to the West side. So that's, I am on the West side, I guess I should say. Yeah. My buddies were living in the Valley at first and then they uh, moved down to Hermosa. Even like Van Nuys was chill. Like I probably yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't be my first choice, but it, it's not, there was nothing wrong with it. You know what I'm not saying? Not. But um, I think for me, it was tough to stick it out out there because I didn't like my job for one. And then for two, I didn't have like a lot of like, I didn't have like a support system out there. Like, I think if, if yeah. I had some family out there, I'd be like, yeah. But the funny thing is, is because, you know, me, my wife and my daughter have just been holed up in our place for like the last two months. And then my wife and I rewatched Entourage from start to like start <laughs> to back. And I was like, yo, I want to move back out to California. I was like, I want to give it another. Then I started, I started doing the podcast and I'm like, well, everybody with a podcast is in LA. So if it's I want true. to do more of my podcast, I should, I should move to Los Angeles. So I can, I can catch Rogan one day. I can catch Joey. I'm like, like all these people that wouldn't like probably give me the time of day. But it's, it's like, man, I kind of, I kind of would like to go back out there. It's probably not going to happen, but you know, it's nice out here, man. You know, the weather's pretty, uh, it's the people were a little tough for me. Yeah. I'm an it, East Coast guy. Yeah, I am too. I, I'm just trying to be around less people in general. So like they are, they're mellower, which I like. I, I don't have to get all like aggressive as often, but yes. yeah, I know what you mean. I, like the, and that's been a big shock for a lot of people when they come from the East Coast. Um, I had a hard time meeting people who I felt like were genuine. Yeah. I mean, well, like, dude, to keep it real funky, most of the people I hang out with are from like Boston. Or I have some friends who are like actually from LA, like like born and raised type shit, which yep. is a rare thing to find too. And they're yep. cool as fuck too. But there's it's a lot of trans. It's like New York City. There's a lot of transplants. Ohio, Florida, fucking Michigan. You know. Yeah, yeah. people trying to leave. Yeah. I love I love New York, but that's a that's a brutal city, man. Oh, dude. When you're young and in your twenties and single, it's probably cool, but that's tough. It's tight. I just don't like being on top of each other. 
I had the, the potentially had the opportunity a couple of years ago to move down there and do some hair shit. And I was just like, I like I'd have to I, I wouldn't move down here unless somebody could promise me two hundred thousand dollars a year. It's yeah, just, dude, you need you'd want that because you need to like, I don't know, man. It's just you're always out. You're not spending a lot of time in the crib in New York, no. you know? It's not a huge like space you get. You don't have like a glorious yard. So we're constantly you're going out and going out, you're spending money. Dude. Like it's so hard not to spend money in New York, dude. I mean, it costs a hundred dollars to go outside in New York. Yeah, dude, literally like you leave your house. It's like, where are you going to go? And cause there's not like, at least in LA, there's like tons of uh, outdoor spaces. There's, there's yes. parks, there's fucking beaches, there's, there's hiking trails. Even in Boston, there's like little outdoory areas. You can like sit on the benches. In New York, there's like nowhere, dude. Nothing. So if you're going, you're paying to go inside another place. And it's just money, dude. And like the subway fares are like crazy expensive. And I always, I have this like theory or not theory, but it's like saying and shit. It's like your neighbors are strangers. In New York, you literally live like inches from people, all stacked yeah. on top so that you don't know them at all for years. How can I live this close to somebody for years? And then I never, we never exchange words. I don't feel like as human beings, we were, we were meant to live on top of each other. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. Like I, I mean, I understand that that's, um, you know, that's more of a matter of like functionality. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but like, that's, it's more like out of necessity that we live in cities on top of each other yeah and I mean, like I, we live in I a nice do. building but we're up on the fifth floor in like one of those nice new buildings where we live and i'm like damn dude i really shot a backyard right now you know because uh, yeah die. so you're going for a walk you go to the park the park's full of people i'm like i went to the park to get away from people yeah you yeah. know so no I'm i not feel that of, um city parks because there's always too many people in them I, I go to the park to get away from motherfuckers so what parks would you go to i don't know <laughs> i'd just go hike in the woods or something like that but before before all this shit happened up here you could go to a park in malden or medford like around the area where we live and there wouldn't be anybody in there there'd be a handful of people now you go and it's like it's like going to a con like a concert yeah it's, yeah yeah it's like you're going to the patriots or something like that it's, it's ridiculous yeah like definitely as i get older i like being around large crowds less and less yeah. And like, I can see myself in not so far future living like not in a city, you know? Yeah. Uh, most of my life is lived in a city, but I really enjoy these times when I'm not, you know, like these times I spent in Mexico, these other places, I, I you know, you, you experience shit, you do certain shit, you live certain things. And after a while, sometimes they run their course and you know, what you really love and appreciate maybe changes or evolves or whatever. And you don't need everything. Like some people live in a city, right? Some people, I know native New Yorkers, they couldn't not live there. They need that 24 hour deli, that 24 hour pizza, that 24, they just want to, you know, everything laid out for them. I yeah. don't need those things as much. Like I like going to dope little indie movie theaters. I like like farmer's markets. I like record stores, um, but I don't need too many other things. I'm not out there dating. So I'm not like running around. In the right. Cars. I don't like cop crazy shit like I used to. Like I'm not really, I'm into less is more for material yeah. items. So I don't need like the dopest shopping districts, you know? I don't need a ton of shit anymore, you know? No, nah, you don't. You, yeah. So I do have a little bit of a theory. If I'm not gonna be in the city, I would rather be, if I'm in, the, if I'm in Massachusetts, oh, I'd rather be in like the Berkshires. Country. Oh yeah, Berkshires is dope. I don't wanna be in a corny suburban town or like a, uh, 
like a like one of those picking this thing off the ground. One of those kind of like um very wealthy Western West. Like, a, uh, like I could never. I don't want to be Western, in like Brooklyn, Boston, Wellesley. Like I could never live in any of those places. Those are nice places to live. I mean, expensive. they are nice places. Well, I can't. No, oh yeah, I so like it's culturally devoid though. Um, but yeah, like I'd rather be out in the country. Yeah. Or in the city. The in between is what I don't really enjoy. Yo, that. dude, Este, you uh spoke to the snake man's heart. Cause that's been yeah. my theory. It's like in I'm always been a little bit of a an extremist. I'm not really great at the gray area, all or more Damn. or uh all or none kind of dude. So in the city, you, you you yes, you have millions of motherfuckers on top of you, but you've got all those things. It, it offers something. And then if you're in the country or or the beach town in the cut or there's nothing around. You know, you don't have those things, but you've got this serenity, this peace. It's a little quieter. And the people, the few people that choose to live there, they're going to have some kind of character about them that, that makes them live there. You know, they're not just the, this, the feeble-minded, easygoers. It's that middle yeah. ground area where it's like they don't maybe have the, the hustle or the balls or the desire, the, the crazy passions to live in the city, nor do they have the same type of characteristics that might have you living in the, in the cut in the country or, or by the beach in the middle of nowhere. They like, yeah. it's like a strange, safe middle ground. And that's like, nothing cool comes out of there. There's no artistic creativity, no, no crazy stories. Stories like that come from maybe the crazy city or the guy way out in the country surviving, doing crazy shit. That that's middle thing is like so safe and so um, boring, dude, and disappointing. Like, God, like, it sounds so drab to like go to the strip mall and go shopping and see the same lame shit and the lame people. And no culture. No, well, that is the, cult. it's a culture that's void of culture. And yeah. if you're, oh. Sounds like a nightmare. You know, uh, sports are fine. I'm not a sports guy, really. But being in Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You grow up. You already know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if you're out in the suburbs, you better, like, you know, like, you better just be a Patriots Red Sox guy. Yeah. Like, that's that's it. That's and the culture. Need, you need, people need something to do, I guess. Is that man so following sports intensely is some kind of thing to provide, I don't know. I'm going to make another random random guess i mean i have known you for a long make time it, but make it make it i love it i love you it. you have probably been fairly okay during this quarantine because i imagine that you like me don't need a whole lot to keep yourself going very, like i'm fine man a very astute observation my friend yeah. uh, no i you know if you're creative like people with artistic drives you know my imagination has always been the thing that keeps me um happy content um soothed whatever and like going back to the sports thing right like there's no sports right now and i know i have like friends and i'm sure you do too or family members that that's a oh, big yeah. thing for them like the non-artistic friends of mine like not only is there not the sports of the season there's not going to be the sports of the next season and the next season and there's no fantasy for that so I've, i just imagine like wow they must be fucking fucking bored like they have nothing to do like they you know, my boy's like son is nine. He's actually my godson. And he's big into sports, just like his dad. He plays all these sports. He's very good at it. And then those are social things. Now, you, you, yeah. you can't do those. You can't practice them, play them the same way because you don't got them. And now he's home from school and he's nine years old and he's a kid that likes to do those sporting things. So he, and he can't even watch it. So he's bored as a fuck. When I was nine, dude, I was a painting, drawing ass kid. Yep always painting and drawing dude and then skateboarding like, i would do that shit alone for hours even as an adult right now like you said i have i have more things that i want to do than i ever have time for so yeah. like you know podcasting uh radio show shit writing i'm writing uh, two follow-up books right now i'll do other little creative shit in the house like 
I'll fuck around and draw myself, like paint. Like there's always some shit I want to do. I never get bored. I'm never bored, dude. I'm nah, never I, I never bored. You know, I'm also cool literally not doing shit. Like yeah. I'm fine with it, man. I've never I have to go out. I don't I have no obligations right now. I don't have to be anywhere. You, yeah. you think about this, right? Like you work, you work all week or you're on the road, you're on the road for a long time and then you come home and I don't know, maybe you get a couple of weeks and you get to go back out. And then you would think you're back for a couple of weeks or you got a, you got a weekend. Yeah. Now you can just chill. No, you can't. You got family obligations. You got yeah. this, you got, there's nothing right now. There's yeah. nothing. I, I, I miss my family. Like I do miss my parents, but I'm cool, man, because like I, I feel like I bust my ass all week, and then it's yeah, like I have a bunch of shit to do on Sunday and Monday when I'm off, and it's like, well, did I really even? You go back to work more tired than when you left on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, because you don't rest on those two days; you cram it with responsibilities, yeah. right? No, you yeah. just die. You just like the <laughs> Sunday morning. You just Saturday. Saturday, I, I usually get out of work. Like no lie, I'll get a coffee on the way home from work because I'm like, yo, I need a coffee right now. I'm dying. I'll come home and just fall asleep on my couch for like two hours and wake up at like seven at night. On, that's my Saturday night now. That's it. Yeah. I get up I mean, on Sunday and try to do some stuff. And then Sunday, Monday, Monday, you're running the errands that you couldn't get done last week. And then yeah. you're back to work. And Sunday, you can't really run a lot of errands because shit is closed. I wonder if people, um, I feel like the sentiment that you and me are sharing right here is not uncommon. I think a lot of people are kind of happy that, in, they're not happy that the coronavirus had, but I think a lot of people are happy for the break that they've gotten. Yeah. And, I'm wondering if a lot of people are going to come out of this and go, you know, you know what? Fuck that shit. I, I'm not going back to living yeah. the way that I was living before. Reprioritize their lives and shit. I'm going to try not to. I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to do my best to, yeah, I'm going to have to go back to work, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to do my best to live more simple than I was living previous to this. Cause I've really liked it. Yeah, man. I mean, I, ugh going out and like like social interactions and shit like that i'm obviously do i love my friends i love doing shit but i've been finding myself doing less of that over recent time anyway and then just doing shit at the crib or like i, I go out we go outside we get our little physical exercises in, and vitamin d and shit but i have i have so many things i like to do and shit yeah and, uh, i just i don't know I, I never get like lost for something i'm never sitting on the couch like what should i do right now you know like and i and it, and it helps me like just kind of, I don't know, like you said, like going forward, like what I want to do, what I don't want to do, you know, you kind of can look at him in, in a clear lens. And I don't want to do anything. <laughs> well, no, I want a podcast. Yeah. I want to, if, if I could, I do like four haircuts a day. So yeah, I'd, small. I'd be like, yeah, cool. Like I did that. I did that thing that I enjoy doing. And now I have 20 hours to do whatever I want. You know, well, I'm a parent though too. So it's, you know, yeah, I that's that. what I was going to say. You got kid duties, man. Yeah. She's, she's chill. She's a mini adult. That's good. Self-sufficient. Do you cut her hair? No, my wife cuts her hair. But she has a side of her head shaved, so I do that. And I put a like little... Like on the hair. underside, you flip it yeah. over? Yeah. Oh. She's got a good style. Like, she's got, um... She's got a really good style. Mm -hmm. I put her on my Instagram sometimes when she lets me. And she oh, yeah. Good-looking kid. She got her, like, little fashion. She's got, like, a good little fashion sense. Dude, you got to, like, uh, what do you call it? What are those moms that do that where they put the daughter like on the fucking on those like pageant shows and shit oh yeah no nah. her dude honey boo boo that ass you could get rich she's like a street she's like a she's like a little street style kid that's, that's even cooler dude Make it, it is cool she like uh 
No, she's got her sneakers and she's into like hoodies and she likes having her head shaved and like she'll have her hair dyed pink. So it's got the, the funny thing is, is she can't do anything with fashion to shock me and my wife. She can't get tattoos to piss me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she can't like, you know, some people, oh, you dyed your hair green, you're grounded. Like my wife's the one dying her hair green. Yeah, so she, yeah, can't, yeah. she can't her rebel. Of, yeah, her level of rebellion is low, right? She can't do much. If she like became like an accountant, that would be like the way to rebel. <laughs> I'm like, yo, you should go go be a lawyer. Like, don't 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 live this artist lifestyle. Go be a lawyer. Dude, I was money. To say like, there's nothing I could do really to fuck up that'd be like worse than what my parents did. So like, anything I've ever done wrong or whatever, they could never get real mad at me because they've done way worse. Like, I'd have to do like I'd have to drive a school bus into a school full of kids or some shit. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. The bar was set so high that like I'm I'm all good. You know. Yeah, I mean, you've done all right for yourself. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm all right. I mean, I'm healthy, and most of the time I'm happy, I think. I'm not in jail or on heroin or fucking something shit, so all right. You know, it's funny because not being in jail and not being on heroin for people our <laughs> I mean, it's age. It's not fucked up, but it's true. We know a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Like, yeah, that's why I make the joke, because it's true, you know? Is that shit bad out in California? What, heroin? Yeah, heroin no, is. No, opiates aren't out here. I mean, they're here, but they're not like. Not like mass. East Coast and, and, and uh, the Midwest is way bigger. I think, you know, drugs are very regional. Uh, opiates, very big in the East Coast and in the Midwest. Then you have like meth is bigger in California. Um, yeah. And, 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 and meth is big in like the, what is it, the Southwest and the middle of the yes. country. But then you go to like Florida the East too. Coast. You don't get a lot of meth in uh, Massachusetts, New England. I mean, I'm sure there is, but it's not a lot of it. You know what I'm saying? You know what's you know what's scary? Like, you know how bad it's gotten by Boston Medical, that methadone mile area? Oh, God, yeah. It's fucking nuts. So they're, they're doing meth down there now, too. It's just straight up meth and fentanyl. Oh, dude, that's like recipe for disaster. It's crazy. So my wife's salon's in the South End, right on Tremont Street. So, oh, we, you know, shit. down there all. We're down there a lot. You know, it's it's actually not far from like A1 and like where loose ends yeah. used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, old school. He's right across from like Villa Victoria. Next block over is like Nicole's oh. Pizza. Like that. Best, best, the best, right? The best. Oh, um man. I remember that. But uh, so we go once once in a while when I want some entertainment when we go down there instead of because we're coming from 93 North, instead of taking Albany Street exit, I will take the the Mass Ave exit. It's a little yeah, bit further, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then you get to see what's yeah, going yeah, on. You drive by the scenery. Yo, and since the fur, like everyone's been home, there's nothing, there's no one out there except addicts right now. Yo, it looks like it's like the 1980s in the South Bronx, where it's just like, like what you would see on TV when you see the burnt out buildings and like people everywhere. Like there's bums with like the trash, the trash bin lighting a fire. Like it's fucking crazy down there right now. Yeah, and and it's, yeah, people don't don't know. has to explain to them what methadone mile is in Boston. So in Boston, I'll give you, I'll give you a little background on it. And you tell me if I miss anything on this, because I know you know it too. But we had a small island in the Boston Harbor called, I think it was called, is it the Long Beach one? But the, anyway, there was a homeless shelter that was on the island. A lot of the homeless in the attics would actually get treatment on an island that was off the Boston Harbor. The bridge was deemed unsafe. So they tore down the bridge. They stopped people going to that homeless shelter. So all the needle exchanges, shelters, the hospital are all right down by our Boston Medical Center. So there's yeah, methadone yeah. clinics, needle exchanges, homeless shelters, all that shit. 
So there's just been an influx and it went from some, you'd see some people, but now it's like our own version of like Skid Row, what you would see in Los yeah. Angeles. And you or also like, have Boston Medical is a hospital right there. That's like the main trauma center hospital yes. in the city. So that's like a lot of uh, gunshot victims and stuff like there, uh, you know, crimes that re result in a lot of violence. The, the victims end up there and you have South Bay, right there too, yep. which is like Boston's Rikers Island, if you will, kind of yeah. thing. Uh, and they're all literally like in a stone's throw. So you have this hospital that's a trauma center. You have the main methadone clinics and you have this prison and they're all right there. So it's just an interesting little intersection yeah. of these, these elements. And, and you see shit like what Estee, what Steve's talking about. And uh, it's, it's wild because it's adjacent to the South End, which is a neighborhood that, now is mostly pretty nice. It used to be very yeah. rugged all over. Although, yeah. and, and so the parts of it that are close to like Boston Medical and stuff like Lenox Street and stuff, that stuff is still pretty rugged. But as you, yeah. you go up Mass Ave more to the right, it's been gentrified over the last like 20 years and very fancy brownstones and shit. But it's still a rough area when you go right to Methadone Mile. And it's good so, documentaries and TV shows and shit. Yeah, it's, it's the crazy <laughs> fact that... Um, is a show on Netflix called Dope. I think it's yeah, Dope. Yeah, they, they, did they did. Yeah, yeah, there was another show on one of those regular TV stations that did something on Methadone Mile, too. It's pretty grimy. You know, it's, it's interesting out there, right? Because it's just the hallmark of gentrification, right? It's like the most gentrified area ever. If you think about how the South End in the 1960s was the home of Black Boston, then it kind of shifted Jazz. that more towards like Roxbury. And then it became heavily Hispanic yep. and then that kind of made way for the gay guys and then once the neighborhood really started coming up then now it's like people buying up brownstones for a million dollars but the brownstone is literally across the street from a housing project yeah like there's um there's been on my wife's block there's been across the street like multiple like gang related murders in the summertime there's shootings and stuff like that but it never even comes on to her side of the street where her salon is it's pretty much contained at this point so it's it's really kind of crazy. And I think I actually think the South End is so nice now that if you were never around or you don't know what to look for, you might not even notice that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It sure. doesn't really get popping out there in broad daylight. You know, like it's it's totally during the day, maybe not maybe not some of the parts. I'm not gonna like say which neighborhoods on this, you know what I mean? But like because yeah, yeah. of my opinion, I don't wanna like offend anybody. <laughs> There's a couple of places and I know you know where I'm talking about, you probably wouldn't cut through solo probably if you didn't have business there whenever but a lot of the other places like i have no problem i walk right through the villa all the time yeah yeah the villa's cool that's cool. i mean that's one of the chiller places to if yeah but to once in a while it, it does go down over there oh, you know yeah, for sure you know but that's just city life you know yeah. there's other places i wouldn't you know you don't have any business you probably shouldn't be out there you know Definitely. Oh, that's true that's true for sure yeah for sure but yeah the methadone mile is crazy man it's it's disappointing to me, to be in a, a city that people hold in such high regards for a high quality, high standard of living, uh, education capital, the Northeast, and then we have yeah, so many yeah. people. There's just literally, there's two, there's two parts of Boston. It even goes beyond that methadone mile. There's just so many families that are living in poverty. There's still a lot of violence. There's a lot of, it's a very segregated city. Uh, it's disappointing that, that Boston can't do a little bit better. I yeah. don't it's not a huge city like we're a Los Angeles where there's going to be a lot of people that get this place just off the sheer size of it. Like, I don't feel like we should be having these problems in Boston. Yeah. 
I mean, dude, like out here, it's crazy. You know, obviously there's the skid roads and the larger contingents of, of like homeless encampments, but like, dude, even like in like nice neighborhoods, even around where I live, they'll be like, if there's an underpass, there's going to be a pretty large little encampment. Yeah. And, uh, it seems like just when I was driving around the other day, it seems like the, some of them have grown in size in the, like the last couple of months since, since, you know, um, quarantines and lockdowns and such started or whatever isolations and shit. Um, but it's, it's, it's a, fucking gnarly problem in california frisco and la it's oh yeah crazy it's crazy i, I was out in frisco two years ago and man it it just that the the yeah. sheer amount of homelessness oh god it, it's it ruined the experience man like there's literally human shit everywhere yeah three four different times in like four days me and my buddy had to grab each other and be like yo don't step in yeah, that you dude know, like it's it's terrible. It's, I've seen a guy throw human shit at another guy. Presumably human shit. Or unless he picked the dog shit. Uh, Probably. It's gnarly. Frisco is gnarly. The ultimate in disrespect. And it's like the most expensive city in the United States, which is a crazy it's thing. It's inexorable. Yeah. They, you never see homeless people in New York anymore. Yeah, I mean. There, but not. Yeah, it's weird because, like, you know, New York doesn't have, um, like, the sidewalks are so busy. And the, there's not, like, I don't know, man. I just don't know where they would go anymore. You know, they, I mean, I'm, they, they're there somewhere, but I don't know where they go. New York's done an unbelievable job of pushing uh, impoverished people out of the visible eye. So you, yeah. you do not see any poor people in like from Midtown to Soho. Yeah. You don't see any real poverty until you hit outside of Bushwick if you're in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to go to East Side of Queens, yeah. except for like where Queensbridge is. And even if you were to yeah. drive through there, you wouldn't be like, this doesn't really look that fucked up. You know, like, yeah. you know, like it's, it's New York City is crazy, man. Because when we were kids, like people would go visit New York and no one would ever, ever go to Brooklyn. There's no reason to ever go there. Gnarly. Just New York was just gnarly back in the day, dude. And then it just, after 9-11, I feel like they got so much federal funding and stuff. Yeah. And then you got like mad police, mad police. Like, I mean, more than they needed. So they can kind of lock down crime. They've got cameras everywhere. They've got like patrol units. Then you got the gentrification shit. It's like one of the safest major cities in America. Um, and it's, it's so goddamn expensive. It, it forces people to, to leave. Um, yeah. You know? I don't even know how people commit crimes anymore, man. There's cameras everywhere. In New York, especially, man. Yeah. Boston, there's cameras everywhere, though, too. Like, I would imagine if you're out doing graffiti or something, like, you have to take into heavy consideration that you are probably going to get bagged because you are on camera. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think it's Baltimore. I want to say Baltimore is like proposing some crazy new surveillance thing that's like next level, like drone type surveillance in the city or some shit like that. I love Baltimore. You ever been there? Uh, yeah, I've only been there like when I was working like shows. So I've never gotten to like run around the fucking city, unfortunately. I like that's one of the only American cities I've never really gotten to run around in. I want to. It's, you know, it's actually my best friend moved there a few years ago. So I go down like once, twice a year, I'll go down and hang out for a long weekend. And when he first moved there, I was like, eh, because I went down right after he moved there and he didn't really know where to go. I went back a year later and he figured out where everything is. It's dope. It's, yeah. it's definitely like a, a rugged city. But it's the people are super nice. It's affordable. A beer costs what a beer should cost when you go out. You don't have to wait in crazy lines to go places. Stuff's open late. It's, it's dope, man. The weather's good. The weather, because it's like, 
you know, it's like you're just north of DC, so you get in that southern weather a little bit. So the weather is always like ten degrees warmer than it is in Boston. Nice. I fuck with Baltimore, man. It gets a bad rap, but I, I like I like the food, man. I love crabs and shit. I don't know. Hell yeah, I eat all that shit all day. I'd, I'd like to. I've been in like Maryland a lot, but not Baltimore as much. You know. How do you like the food in LA? Uh, I. It's different, you know. Like you're not getting the same things that you can get in the East Coast. So I just try to eat what's like good here. Like I don't force it and try to get like lobster rolls and pizza because it's just not yes. going to be the same. So yes. I just play uh, into the strengths they have. You know, there's a lot of good Korean foods and Vietnamese foods and Indonesian foods and Japanese food, Middle Eastern, Mediterranean, Mexican. You know. I find it's a lighter cuisine on the West on the yeah, West Coast. Definitely, definitely. I mean, dude, like if you go to the middle of the country, the cuisine is extremely heavy. So, yeah, you I know, it, I like the lighter cuisine because I have a tendency, like I can eat whatever. I can, I can get crazy and eat some fucked up shit if I want. So if, if I have better choices, I'll make better choices. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you think about it, your choice here, if it's Friday night and you didn't plan dinner, you're probably going to get pizza yeah, or you're going to be sub. Or some, I do miss some shops though. Oh, they're the best. They're the best. But yo, I lost 30 pounds when I lived in California for a year just because there was yeah. no sub. Yeah, no that's true. Burritos. You're not eating the late night subs. And if you're like going to eat late night food, tacos are a little lighter than like a fucking 12 foot long, like, you know, whatever meatball or Italian or whatever you're going to eat. Um, it's, it's the, I, I love, I would say my two favorite foods would be like subs from the sub shop and then like burritos and tacos. Good subs, dude. I miss a good sub, man. That's you, know what I, you, know, you know what I don't like anymore? This yeah. is the most random podcast I've ever talking about the best in a mile, too. I feel like this has been our friendship, though. Like, I, everything was always, always a lot I of random. I appreciate the randomness. What do you uh, not like? I, you know, I don't fuck with anymore is sushi. Why? I, I just feel, yeah. well, my friends overdid it. So, like, the barbers I work with, like, usually if I'm going to go out and uh, grab something to eat after work, I'll go with my coworkers, right? Because then we all sushi dough. And they love sushi. They're a little bit younger, they, they, and they're doing the sushi thing. And then it's like, I would go get sushi. You have to order a ton of sushi, and then you're never like really full after. Really, you eat it. I feel, it fills me up eventually. I find. Really, I don't like. I don't know. And then I and then I'm like, oh, here's sixty bucks. It's like yeah. I'm it's like, like I'm still hungry. Like it is. So I'm, like, I'm like anti sushi lately, bro. You got to eat it now, Estee, because in a few years it's all gonna be radiated like three eyeball fishes, like The Simpsons. It's gonna be still, crazy. but that begs the question: Should we even be eating it now? If that's the direction. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> uh, if I was like my listening to my smartest voices in my head, I would probably say no. But I love fucking seafood, dude, and so I'm trying to eat it now in fear that yeah. soon I won't be able to. And they they might have to like start farm raising them, uh, like in healthy ways. You could farm raise seafood in a healthy way, not like the shitty ways they do it now. Yes, like in certain countries, actually, they do like like in Chile. I said Chile, Chile. If you say it like Chile, you sound like a dickhead, but it's the way you're supposed to say it. But they. They f- they farm raise fish in a in a healthy manner and shit. Like you can you can do it right. Whole Foods farm raises a lot, but their standards like on their salmon, the farm raised salmon are incredibly high. Like you might be better off getting that farm raised salmon from Whole Foods than the wild salmon from somewhere else. Yeah, don't got that Fukushima drip in there, you know. Yeah, I will say too. I think sushi's better on the West Coast. Yeah. I think- I mean, I've had some banging sushi in the East Coast, though, man. I have, too. But, yeah, the sushi out here, there's a lot of, like, really good spots that are, like, you can go uh, on a more affordable level. Yes. Know? We got and better. We got good Mexican out here, too, now. So that's 
It, the, people used to say East like the, the Mexican food in Boston was whack. That's that's not true anymore. That's, that's what some, I used. I, I was a very big supporter of that statement. I was always anti. Yeah, sure. I yeah, I don't I don't blame you. When I got back from when I when I lived in California, I ate sushi like once twice a week the whole time oh, I was out. Fucking delicious. It's yeah, it like it is delicious. I just feel like I get ripped off whenever I go out for sushi. I just it's, feel like you know, but I also like exciting sushi. Like I like um like all seasons of mall that I always joke around with my friends and say that it's sushi for Italian people. Well, wow, what does exciting sushi mean? Like uh like I need like um I need some crunch to it. Like I don't like I know that there's tempura like, flakes in there and shit. Yeah, I need like some tempura flakes. I need like uh you know, a little nigiri on top with some colors, some exciting sauces. You know, <laughs> some, I want a little excitement. I like to party a little bit when I like yeah. to me. Sushi is like a party, but I'm starting to think that sushi is better if like you get two or three rolls to split when we go out and then you get your entree instead of sushi being the whole entree. So oh, I feel that. like that's, that's the move. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll fuck around and eat a ton of fish though myself sometimes. I sit there and just eat it all, but. What's the, what's the cut of, if you like, what's the haddock of California? I don't know, that's a good, that's a good question. Salmon? Salmon's more of a West Coast thing, isn't it? Yeah, no, I mean, they have like the salmon, they get that Alaskan salmon, but yeah, yeah salmon, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the haddock is. I see a lot of Dover sole filet, and then you get like okay. rockfish and snappers, and then if you want to get all on the higher price level, there's, you know, halibut's real good on the West Coast and shit, black yeah. cod. Um, I don't like mackerel. Yeah? I don't fuck with it. I like mackerel. I like mackerel. You so like mackerel? Mackerel's like not a... Sorry, you do sardines? I fucking love sardines, dude. Yeah, I don't fuck with anchovies. I don't like anchovies, sardines, and mackerel. I like, and I'm, I'm not like a sardines eater, and all that shit. I'm an adventurous eater. Gotta be. It's fun. I guess sometimes we're more defined by the things that we don't like. You know? This is like, true. I, I, I'm, I, I'm a firm believer in that statement because like, when it comes to artistic shit, uh, there's lots of things I don't like, and I think that shows more of my character than, than just, just saying, oh, these are the things I love, you know? It's your thirties are all about saying no, dude. It's it's an important time to like set your parameters. That's what something I, I I always tell people when they're always trying to push like new music and shit on me. One of the better things about getting older for me at least is is not only I, I know what I like, but I know what I don't like, so I don't yeah. waste my time as much. Not to say that you're, you're closed minded and shit, but you you start to be able to notice red flags and things that like you know what I know I'm not gonna like this because it's got yeah. the same thing about this thing I didn't like, you know. And it's you okay. Like to, you like, like hip hop right now? Yeah, there's some good shit out there. Yeah, yeah I, I feel the same. Like, I think there's probably in the last like few years better shit than there was like six years ago, five years ago. You know when it was really bad was like um. It doesn't like lots. <laughs> eight. Nine, yeah, nine, like when oh. when like when we were probably like in our mid to late twenties. Yeah. It was it, like nothing. It's very uninspiring. Oh, it's awful. It always comes up. It's been exciting. It like comes up and down. It's been exciting to see like New York hip hop kind of come back. Yeah, like, and, and the, the, the sound, the sound that I like about it, the sound that you probably like about it too. Not like commercial artists making pop records bringing it back, but but just kind of like they, you know, I hate saying like that '90s sound or dirty, dirty sample loops and shit, but just grimy shit. Yeah, just yeah. that's what I like to listen to, and there's plenty of it now. And I don't have to just like try to like listen to other shit and like it, you know. Um, there's almost like too much underground shit coming out right now. No, there's too much. Every I don't know how people can consume this much music, you know. I yeah, it's too. I much. think like uh, 
Nabo sent me some group from the Bronx today. And I was like, yo, this is dope. And then I had a thought. I was like, yo, I bet you if this came out two years ago, these dudes might have been rapping over a trap beat. Oh, yeah. It's kind of funny if you think about it like that. Like, it, the, like the, the new New York, that old sound came back on so strong in the last year. It's like, where were all you guys like four years ago? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Music overnight, like. It's true. I'm sure you guys were rapping like Migos six months ago. And then you were like, oh, we should probably rap like Griselda. Yeah, well, I mean, there's like, when you see certain models working, people are going to just follow that blueprint, you know, same way. Um, yeah. I mean, the shit went out in the 90s for a reason. So it'll come back and it'll last a while. And I'm happy that it's back. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's here to stay. I, I, it would be cool if it was. I mean, I don't think any any style is, you know, things come and no. go, you know. I like, I like, th there's a lot of dope music out right now, but I don't need, personally, I don't need lots of music. And this goes for all genres. I don't need like 10 albums a month. Dude, 10 albums oh. a year would, is, yeah. is sufficient for me because I like to sink my teeth in, uh, just like with a movie, a book, whatever, and I'll reread the book. I'll rewatch the movie. I want to listen to that album a lot. I mean, yeah. So many friends, especially my friends that work in the music industry, they'll like bang out every new album that comes, they listen to it, and then they never listen to it again. And I don't want, I want to have shit that I like to check out again and again and again. It's, that does a disservice to the art of the yeah. album if it's a really good album. Yeah. You, do, you ever, do you ever like say a new album comes out and everybody's going crazy about it? Everybody's talking about the new album. Oh, did you? You hear the new Steve album and everybody's talking about it. Yeah, I actually find fire dog. Yeah, I gotta actually wait until people stop talking about it. Yeah. Because I like or a lot of times I'll play, I'll get that new Jake album and I will beat it to death for three weeks. New Jake album's fire. And then I'll say, I'm sick of everybody talking about it. I've played it. And then I will go back to it a month or two months later and be like, wow, this album, this is, this is really good. And now I can sink my teeth into it now that all the hoopla has died down. I agree. I agree. I don't feel the need to listen to something the night it drops, the day nah. it drops, just because that way everyone else, people like to do that because then they can jump on Twitter or work or whatever and be in this communal group talking about the project and feel like a connection, which is fine. I get it. But yeah. I don't feel like the pressure to listen to it. I listen to it when I want to listen to it. Sometimes I'll check out an album a month later than it, after it came out, even if it's one of my favorites, just because I want to listen to it when I want to listen to it, yeah. not when everyone else is. And then that way I take it in the, the best, you know? Yeah, 100%. It's, it's nice when you find an artist. Like I got my, my, one of my buddies put me up on Mac Homie like back in the fall. Oh, and yeah. I had heard of him and he was like, yo. Shit. Yeah, he was like, yo, bro. He's like, I got all the, he had the albums that, that he's charging like, yeah, yeah, the ones he charges mad money off his website. Wild money, and he forwarded it. He was very nice. He forwarded them over to me, and I was like, wow. But it's like, yo, if I had never heard this, if I heard this dude on his first project, I'd be waiting. But instead, it's like, yo, I just got this whole dude. I yeah. got this whole back catalog. Whole catalog. Over. It's like it's getting a binge on a show on HBO or some shit like that, you know? It's, it's exactly like binging on a show on HBO. No, I, I fuck with Mark Homme a lot. He's dope as fuck, he's, He's probably my favorite. Uh, well, Rock Marciano is my favorite, but for the new, new guys, Mac, Mac Homme's probably. Him and Nick yeah. Conway. Are probably yeah, my two favorites. Yeah, all quality yeah. artists. That's so dope. Do you guys? What kind of music do you guys play in the barbershop? Everything. It yeah, a little bit of everything. A lot of a lot of like um, I will, will put on the your old Droog Apple Radio station, and that gives you Griselda Droog rock. Um, you know, some Mac Ami if it cycles in if he's on like a song or something like that. So that's what I like, and then 
what else do we think? How come in they'll try to put on Slayer? And I'm like, yo, you got to throw it off. I, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. It's hard to cut hair to that, dude. It's, it's, a, little, it's a little tight yeah. on the focus. And then, and then one of the guys is into a lot of reggae, so he'll put that on, and then that's cool. But like, the funny thing I noticed, you probably know more. I don't know a ton about reggae, but I noticed that there's a lot of like kind of commercial reggae that really sucks. And I, I feel like yeah. Apple and Spotify don't, don't know how to separate it. Yeah. yeah, and like if you put on that like your old Drew radio station, you're gonna get that dope New York shit. You're not gonna hear Amigos song, and then and then if you want to put on Amigos, you're gonna hear Amigos, the baby, all that all that shit. And it's not gonna really, there's not gonna be too much crossover. But I feel like with reggae, there's no separation. Yeah, like on like Sirius XM, there's like one reggae channel. So instead of like, well, you might have like three hip hop channels or like seventeen right. classic rock channels. You have one reggae station. They're gonna play all the shit from the good to the bad, the, the rootsy shit to the dance hall. And there's not, yeah, they don't really give it a good service by hooking it up and splitting yeah. it up. If but, I do, if I want to put on reggae, I put on, I'll put on like Leaf Scratch Perry. That's it. Yeah, that's some it. mellow shit, some rootsy shit for you. Yeah, some dub, a little bit of dub reggae. Like that's, yeah. that's my vibe for reggae. I, I don't like, um, I don't want to feel like I'm up at like Sugarloaf Mountain. <laughs> with a bunch of like chads. <laughs> Oh, like, you know, like that's not that's not what i'm going for with like it's funny like it's funny how like reggae also appeals to that like rich the trustafarians yeah yeah like, trustafarians yeah exactly it's, they it's, love it's funny too because it's like man you know if you love reggae or you might love like like bob marley and then you're like fucking this guy does too but like it's so good you can't let these corny dudes ruin it for you you know yeah you ask oh. the average like uh, like Chad, like, oh, what's your favorite Bob Marley album? And they're gonna be like, oh, the greatest hits. Yeah, of course. Like, you know, they don't. Uh, dude, have you ever seen? You should listen. When we get done with the podcast, you got to go on YouTube. If you haven't seen this, this uh, Google this Ross Trent skit. It's like a Andy Samberg skit from Saturday Night Live, like ten okay. years. It's a white roster skit. It's fucking hilarious. That's amazing. It's it's the it's exactly what we're talking about. So whenever I see those dudes, I call them Ross Trents. You know, they have like a Patagonia vest, some yep. like Birkenstocks, some treads. Uh, you know, I don't know the whole yeah. fish buttons on the backpack. I read a good. I read a book that I think you would like a couple of years ago. It was called. I think it was called "You Don't Know Me, But You Don't Like Me," and it was this writer, this guy who was a music writer, but he also wrote for the Onion, and he spent like two years simultaneously, well, alternate, alternately following Fish and ICP, and comparing and contrasting the different crowds. Interesting. Interesting. If there was ever a book for Jake the Snake. I would read that, dude. I would read that because I don't like uh, either of their music. No. But I, I saw, I was working at a, uh, for a band at a music festival and you know, they had different stages and Insane Clown Posse had a, a set on one of these during the day when I wasn't working. I was like, I just got to go over there and see what the fuck this is all about. I got to see. And because I have like, you know, artists, you know, like a fucking pass backstage. Yeah. So I got real close backstage and I'm looking and watching these guys but then I got more fixated on the crowd and, and they didn't have like the huger stage, you know, their stage was one of the smallest, yeah. but they had like this fucking the crowd and people were just crazy into it. And I've, I've seen a million kids I know who like fish and shit. I already know what that scene Yeah, 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 yeah. We went to college in Boston. Like, yeah. Kids sitting around with, uh, what do you call those fucking nitrous tanks and shit? And uh, <laughs> I knew kids used to go to like fish concerts and shit like that and just like oh, with, yeah. with mad nitrous tanks and like sell them or sell hits of nitrous to people and shit. I got tricked into going to a Dave Matthews band concert once. <laughs> night of my life. Because oh, kids I was friends with in high school were going. 
And Did they the, not tell you it was Dave Matthews till it was too late? So I, because I, I think this just really speaks to my my mentality at the time. It was like 1997, 98. It was the old Gillette Fox oh, Stadium. Yeah. It's where the right? Patriots play, people. Yeah. Um. And they, uh, the Roots and Carlos Santana were opening up for Dave Matthews. I didn't realize that if you went to a Dave Matthews concert, it was like, like that dude was selling out that stadium at that time. Like, it just, it didn't resonate with me. I was like, oh, like, because I would go see shows. Yeah, Santana like, and the Roots is dope too. I would go. Yeah, like, I'm going to go see Wu-Tang Clan in, at, like, in Providence at Lupo's. So I'm thinking it's like, I, I don't know. I had never, I had been to concerts at Great Woods. I had never been to a concert oh, at a stadium that size. Good show. So, I'm like, cool, I'm going to see The Roots and Carlos Santana. Like, I, It's funny because I probably would never listen to Carlos Santana now, but at the time it was like, oh, cool, you know, because like you're trying to expand your horizons past hip-hop and like hardcore. And um, like, yeah, cool, you know, like whatever. So we get there at 5 o'clock when the gates open and The Roots are already on. And I was like, oh, man, I made a mistake. And then like several hours later, Carlos Santana comes on. The whole crowd's like a frat party. Oh. There's dudes like beating the shit out of each other and fight. It's funny, like you're Fighting at a jam band concert. Matthews cancer. But it, yeah, but for some reason, Dave Matthews attracted like like the worst like the worst Chad bros. bros. And they love to like because it'd be like 15 of them, so then they'd start fight. Like two dudes would walk by and they'd like start with them. I'm up there with like like my ex girlfriend at the time, and I'm like, I just hope she threw a pizza box at one of the dudes, and I was like, I'm gonna get fucking killed. Oh, like I, I still remember this. Because yeah, this dude is being a dick, and she whipped a pizza box at him. And I was like, oh, this is it for me. But luckily, he didn't figure out who it was. So then the Dave, Dave Matthews doesn't go on till like, 10 at night. I, dude, it was literally that. You're, like, at a festival, bro. That's, like, a festival. I didn't – yeah, and I didn't realize that's what it was. My friends asked bands me, play forever. Go. One song is, like, 39 minutes, bro. The whole Fuck shit that. sounds like Never. a sound check. It's a sound check. A long sound he check. He fucking sucks. <laughs> I've, I've not, not the Snake Man's cup of tea. No, nah, I wouldn't imagine. I wouldn't imagine so. Dude. Este, what's up? Well, plug your podcast, bro. So we got Shop Talk. Uh, I'm on every platform now. We drop Tuesday mornings. Tuesday, Tuesday mornings once a week. Get somebody on. I'm going to get the Snake Man on soon. Yes, we're doing uh, Yeah, man, that's that's it, man. Barber's Den. I'm at the Somerville shop. I run the show over there when whenever we get off of quarantine. He's the I'm boss. Back. You hear that? He runs the fucking show. I run the show. I run the show over there. You have so to we, fire people ever? Um, you're out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> you do that? Uh, yeah, I had, I had one. Um, but I got to type. You know, I got. I I'm I'm selective. If I don't, if I don't think you're gonna work out, you're not gonna get hired. A grueling screen process. You hold. Yeah, I I, have, I take you out, make see how you down. handle yeah, your liquor. Down. Yeah, you know, it's funny because usually, like, when we find people to work at the shop, it's more like uh, the conversation starts a couple of months beforehand. Like you meet somebody barber somewhere at an event, you're like, oh yeah, you know, if you want to come over, and then a couple months later you get back, so you kind of know who you're dealing with beforehand. And I'm I'm good about setting, you know, like you know what what's expected of you. So we, I try to avoid those problems. I feel like firing somebody to me would be more of a failure on my part, if that makes sense. Like I, I failed at managing this individual. I have to let him go. Like this, I. But you know, I don't know. That's just that's just a the very the, glass half full perspective, my man. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's not taking away somebody's livelihood is tough. Even if you hate yeah, people, dude, you know. I've I've fired a couple people and it's not cool. I hate it. So. Uh, did they cry? Uh, no, no, no. But uh, there was words. 
one yeah. of the times words is an understatement <laughs> but yeah but it happens that's why kids do a good job out there don't make fucking steve fire your ass all right all right y'all this episode of the damaged goods podcast was brought to you by elite botanicals elite botanicals is originally the cbd division of elite cannabis if you guys have heard me talk about them you know this is my favorite cbd product out there the only one that truly works I swear by it, that's why I'm endorsing them, not for any other reason. And now they're back with their new line for your little pets, Whole Pet CBD. They are one of the first companies farming high CBD cannabis under industrial hemp rigs. They've been working with CBD since 2013 with one of the first licensees in Colorado. Also, they've been working with Colorado State University since 2016 on their canine research study with CBD. So they know what they're doing. Their focus is providing farm-to-table product that uses the best ingredients possible, ultra-refined, distilled, full-spectrum CBD oil at high potency for reasonable pricing. That's the problem. Most of these other guys are overpriced for their non-working stuff. This allows for effective dosing and a 30-day-plus supply per unit. For the pets, they've got drops that go on their food or in their mouth. they got chicken and salmon-flavored ones. They've got soft gel capsules. they got a gravy powder. You just sprinkle that over their food or put a couple of water in there, and it makes a nice little gravy mix chocked full of CBD, glucosamine, and omegas for their joints. They've got nose and toes balm for cracked noses and paws, and they got some all-natural treats on the way. All this is available at wholepetcbd.com. Elite Cannabis, Elite Botanicals, and now Whole Pet CBD, all from Elite. Go check it out.